Hello, friends. Uh, thanks for being here. This is a special edition uh, episode mini segment I'm doing based on new information that's come to light about Instagram, Facebook, TikTok um, banning the targeted ads and content related to tarot and astrology. So I just wanted to drop in with you all and share a little bit about this. And there's a lot that's still emerging, but there's a few things I want to speak to you to give this more of like a historical context and reframe it a bit, especially in relation to the full moon that's happening. So yeah, let's get into it. So don't be alarmed because there is some good news that's coming with this and I think this is going to be a slow incremental process. From what I understand, um, and I've been getting updates on this for the last 48 hours and as we approach this uh, full moon in Leo, and essentially I'm going to read uh, a segment here from the terms and conditions uh, that have been released uh, by Instagram and essentially this has already started as of January 19th, 2022. So they've said they will remove detailed targeting options that relate to topics people may perceive as sensitive, such as options referencing causes, organizations, or public figures that relate to health, race, or ethnicity, political affiliation, religion, or sexual orientation. Which is, this is funny because it's like, Basically, anything that isn't business, <laughs> like anything in life that isn't like a corporation or some kind of big money making, you know, and I don't mean to be, uh, I don't mean to be cynical because I'm not, um, I just think it's interesting because basically what this translates to is that the problem that has uh, caused this reaction from these platforms is that there's been a tremendous amount of scammer uh, kind of activity happening um, on Instagram. And instead of these platforms deciding to actually do something about that um, to resolve that issue, they're actually just doing away with the whole category of these types of accounts. And I think you know, for them, I think it's just a, you know, a decision that makes more sense on paper because it's like, you know, you can really understand when we look at innovation, when we look at the progression of certain things in society, um, the, the speed at which certain things progress is a reflection of, of that value system in that society. So I think that if you're an astrologer, if you're a tarot card reader, um, you're not part of a big organization. You're not part of a big money-making category. You're an individual. You're doing it on your own, um, and you're running your own business and your own practice, and you're using these platforms to support yourself. And so I think it's really unfortunate because it's like instead of seeing their position as a, as a role of responsibility that they have to society, to people who are sharing, um, you know, ancient guidance and wisdom um, for other people for free, uh, which is what, and I'm going to speak more about this in a second, but that's what the essence of astrology and tarot has always been about this. 
you know, astrology and tarot was the original internet. It was the original Google because everyone could access it. It went outside of the caste system. You know, back in ancient Egypt, the slaves and any slave in history could look up at the sky at the same stars as the king. And it's still that way. We still understand that no matter who you are, where you are, um, you can access these these practices as a point of reference for your own human experience. And so it's just interesting because history repeats itself. You know, it's like if we look at um, the history of tarot, and I'm going to make reference here to, there's obviously several different tarot, tarot lineages. And so I wanted to make reference to the mythic tarot I've got the book here, and I just wanted to mention it because uh, Liz Green, who authored the book that accompanies the deck, uh, she's phenomenal. She's been a big part of the um, popularization of both astrology and tarot, and her background is in Jungian psychology and the um, study of these ancient archetypes, and so... She did a lot of work in the 80s with um, programmers, actually, to help develop what we now use as natal charts. If you've ever looked up a natal chart online for free, <laughs> you could probably actually, um, in part, thank Liz Green for that, because she did a lot of the pioneering work in the 80s to help get that stuff online. So there's evidence which suggests, and this is quite contentious, but that the origin of tarot uh, was first established around the 15th century. And if we think about this from a historical point of view, the Middle Ages, you know, the Dark Ages, uh, where, you know, anything bad that happened was attributed to essentially being punished by God or the gods, uh, depending on how far back you go. And, you know, this is when, you know, the witches were burned and at the stake and all this sort of stuff. And there was this, it was a very depressing time and disempowering time because everyone was kind of under the assumption that they were, their lives were um, at the mercy of the gods or, or God and, and their potential temperament in response to what everyone did on a human level. So the mythic tarot deck um, emerged during the Italian Renaissance. And again, if we pull back and look at this period of the Renaissance, there was a huge Greek revival in aesthetic, in ideals. And this was coming out of this Dark Ages period and into this more um, self-reflective, enlightened period where suddenly, you know, the, the presumption had been that the only way in which a human can understand the realm of divinity is through the church. So there was still this authority that um, beings had to report to and be at the mercy of in order to understand these higher notions of creation and um, the higher realm. So during the Renaissance, this really got challenged because, and, and this is also what the tarot card decks did, because even back in the 15th century, 
There's evidence which suggests that these, these cards were given out to anyone who could afford them, and they were very cheap, and to anyone who had a willingness to understand how they worked. And they're based upon these essential archetypes of human experience, you know, birth, death, uh, grief, deception, um, ecstasy, and um, transformation, you know, uh, rites of passage and initiations into several parts of human life that we all experience. And so this was seen as problematic to um, the church and this into this notion of there having to be an authority between the human and between their creator. So the fundamental thing here that is uh, so contentious and that still is to the authority figures is the notion that we can self-reflect and that we can co-create our own existence with the cosmos. And this is what astrology is about. This is what tarot is about. It's about a willingness to self-reflect, a willingness to see things in a different way and to understand that we are the authors of our lives and that we can actually author our own story, our new story, again and again, as many times as we need to. And I find it fascinating that this is what is coming up again as problematic. So this idea of, um, you know, which began in, in the medieval time, and then it was continued um, by the Catholic Church, that fundamentally humans are um, these base, sinful creatures who don't know what's good for them. We don't know what's good for us, and we are constantly in remorse and guilt about the nature of our choices. And this is based on the church, right? This is just a ideological framework. And it's interesting because if we look at the, um, the rhetoric of, of what we're being told these days, because again, this comes, all this comes back to the body, right? This is North node in Taurus and South node in Scorpio. It's like, this old world view that there is something fundamental and inherently wrong with your body that needs to be fixed, that needs absolution, you know, that needs to be pardoned always, that needs to be vaccinated, that needs to be enhanced, that needs to be altered, you know, because the reality is the last thing any of these authorities want us to do is to see ourselves as whole as to like to see ourselves in full acceptance because then we would be connected to our own power uh and that is what they all are doing everything they can to avoid happening they, they don't want us to do that so these platforms by responding to the issue of these scammers uh, being prevalent amongst accounts of um, tarot card readers, astrologers, and them just being like, oh, we're just going to do away with those categories entirely. It reminds me of back when doctors were in the, um, you know, late 19th, uh, early 20th century, when doctors were still treating women with hysteria by giving them orgasms, like, as a, um, 
way to treat it. And the doctors actually got tired of doing this, right? Women were coming in hysterical and the doctors were manually bringing them to climax, I suppose, with their hands, uh, you know? And I just wonder also, as a side thing, like how many women just faked it just because they were like, this is not what I need, but let's just get it over with. Fuck, women have been doing that for thousands of years anyway. But it's like, the, this is when the vibrators were invented. So if you've ever used a vibrator, that's where it came from. The doctors were so tired of getting women off to treat their hysteria, which is horrific in its own right, and rape, that they invented vibrators to make it easier on themselves. So this is how innovation works. And likewise, you know, you can look at a tampon machine in a, um, and I know tampons are kind of getting phased out anyway, but you know, the old tampon machines in women's bathrooms, they look like the old cigarette machines from, you know, like the 1970s. Like, so this is what I mean about innovation, like progress only moves at certain speeds based on what's important to that society. And I'm not saying that women aren't important to society. I mean, I think there's definitely a, sh a huge shift happening to anyone who identifies as female um, and in the realm of, of sexuality and identity politics, I think that like, there's a lot that's groundbreaking and we're going more in the right direction. Um, you know, every time I am in the bathroom and I like decide to shave my head, you know, clean up my hair, like I'm, I just have this moment of like, wow, this is probably the first moment in history where I, like a woman has been able to do this without being condemned for it. So I think there are these small wins that we're having um, on a human level, but I think we just have to be really vigilant and see things clearly and, and as they are um, at this time. But also remembering that this is a pivot point. This is a moment where everything is shifting and we've gotta be able to loosen our grip as well a little bit to allow the progress just to keep moving um, so that it can bring in what's next and what's ready to be here. You know, when I came to Australia, I, I didn't have a lot of guidance, you know, and I needed it. And this is when I got really connected to astrology um, back in 2016. And I'm so grateful for what it's given me. And I just think that this, this practice, like these practices are designed to be shared and you know the reality is they've been banned before they've been done away with and you know buried and condemned and you know what they're still here and they're not going anywhere <laughs> so this is a moment where we can actually get creative and look and say you know and I've been sort of had this in my awareness too with Pluto and the final degrees of Capricorn. You know, all the social media, this has all been a, a trial run. Like we, we've just been playing around. Facebook, you know, it's all like new toys, new shiny things to play with in this new age of Aquarius. It's like this, and when, you know, when Pluto goes into Aquarius in March of next year, this is all gonna be off, like nothing's gonna look like it looks now. It's a really exciting time.
to be on the uh, edge of this innovation, on the edge of this process that's that's moving us all forward rapidly and it's exciting you know and i think just taking the point of view of like okay cool yeah that didn't work and that's not working and wow that's really not working hmm, i wonder what's going to happen next and just having this like curiosity about it and sharing from a place of um yeah what you're passionate about what you're feeling what's alive and and doing it where it's working and staying in that flow, I think, is just going to benefit all of us, you know. And next month, with Venus and Mars moving into Aquarius together, we're going to get a glimpse of what it's going to be like in March of 2023, when Pluto finally does go into Aquarius. Thanks so much for listening today. That's going to do it. Uh, thank you for sharing your time and energy with me here. And if you'd like to connect with me more, you can um, join my Patreon page. All the content's free for now. I will be updating it soon and adding paid content. Uh, I'm also going to be here on YouTube and, of course, on the podcast. So thanks again for tuning in, guys. Enjoy the full moon. And, um, yeah, it'll be a really nice uh, weekend coming up after the full moon to integrate all of this, the sun moving into Pisces, the moon will be in Libra this weekend, so um, you'll be hearing from me next week, and in the meantime, stay safe, well, and wise. Mm -hmm.